Brethren, do we believe the Holy Spirit works in our church? About six weeks ago, the Lord started to convict me to present a psalm to you this morning. And a simple point from that psalm. Then over the last few weeks, we got to John 17, where we were taught on the Lord's Prayer, which contains his desire for peace and unity for his children. So by the Lord's conviction, I'm excited to present Psalm 133 to you this morning, which will keep it that theme of unity. This is a very short psalm. I'm going to focus our attention to a single verse this morning, and we'll trust the Lord for his blessing. Please follow along as I read Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that ascended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. I'm going to focus on verse 1 this morning. Verses 2 and 3 are supplemental verses to verse 1, but I do not want to get distracted with ointment and dew, forgive me. Uh, Both items had significant blessings to the children of Israel, but they're not for my theme today. As we start with verse 1, we notice the first word, behold. It should cause us to give consideration for what is to follow. Then the verse ends with an exclamation point. Let's show some excitement and enthusiasm about what was just said. Stop and consider how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So what is this unity that is good and pleasant when brethren dwell in it? Well, one dictionary states it's the quality or state of not being multiple, or it's oneness, right. or it's the condition of harmony. Yes. So what about the history of this unity? Well, from basically the creation of our sinful race, we decided against unity and rather chose fighting and hatred. Right. Think Cain and Abel. How long did it take for the first two brothers to break their unity? Yes. As soon as Abel made the right choice and Cain didn't, And Cain got angry that Abel was referred over him, and it led him to kill his own brother. As we continue looking at the Old Testament and history, how many times in the Old Testament do we read of brethren, which were the children of Israel, God's chosen people, not agreeing in the pain and trouble it caused? Think about what Moses and Joshua had to deal with during their time leading the children of Israel. Moses even had issues from his own siblings not agreeing. Think about what David had to deal with during his life. There was a divided nation when he was running from Saul, even though he knew he was going to be king eventually. Think of his own son dividing the nation when he took the throne by a rebellion. And even on his deathbed, David knew that he did not have unity and peace within his own family. How many Proverbs were written by Solomon that mentioned the value of peace and unity? Is the goodness and pleasantness of peace and unity better than fine dining in large houses? According to the wisest man that ever lived, he said that it was by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it would be natural for us, after considering the history and warnings from Solomon, to want this unity in all areas of our life. If that's the case, why are there so many commandments and warning in both the Old and New Testament to make peace? It's because you and I, by nature, hate each other. We hate peace and unity, according to Titus 3.3. Brethren, I speak to me first, but consider the solemnity of the challenge before us. 
We have numerous commands and warnings from the Apostle Paul and even our Lord Jesus Christ to seek peace. The Lord said on the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, which we can take the opposite of that is those who do not serve peace are going to be cursed by that same Lord. The Lord wants peace in his churches. He wants peace in this church. And it is your responsibility to make that peace. So now that we understand that unity is hard to obtain and that we are commanded towards it, what gets in our way? For the purpose of this morning, I'm going to say it is our sinful pride. Because of our sin nature, we all think that we are something and deserve to be treated a certain way. Yet, we're all less than nothing, and the only thing we ever have was given to us from the Lord. To help us remember what you and I are, both individually and combined, I found a couple of verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament I want to share with you to help us keep a proper perspective of what we are. Isaiah 40, verse 17. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing Amen. and vanity. Yes. Psalm 62, 9. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. Right. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Right. How about the New Testament? 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Right. Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? as if thou hast not received it. Everything we got was given to us from the Lord. Yes. And then Galatians 6, 3. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Yes. With a true look at what we are worth, why are we fighting or would we ever fight and not just bury our pride? Right. Brethren, this is not a warning. I don't think our church is coming apart at the seams or that we have some big issue we're about to split. But have we achieved maximum unity in our church? Is our scattergram of members all perfectly aligned as one? I think we can do better. I know we can do better. As Christians, we are not fulfilling our duty if we do not seek peace and unity. We cannot say that we are the children of God if we do not love his other children, according to 1 John 4. Jesus stated in John 13 that we cannot show excuse me, that we can show the world our discipleship if we love one another. Yes. Brethren, today is September 30th. It's the last day of the third quarter of 2018, which means unless the Lord returns today, tomorrow starts the fourth quarter. Will you accept a challenge from me this morning Amen. so that we can all enjoy the good and pleasantness of even better unity in this church? Amen. Much more importantly than that, can we all give the Lord a sacrifice? Will you commit to do the following five things during the fourth quarter so that, ni- so that when 2019 arrives, we are a more unified body of Christ than we are today? Forgive me, I'm a simple man. I like onesies, so I'm going to give you five today. You've got 12 weeks. Number one, will you do something for someone who is the farthest dot from you on our church scattergram so that our body is more fitly joined together and more compacted as is mentioned in Ephesians 4.16, which states, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Will you find that person? You all should know. There's someone you don't talk to very often. Can you go after that person in the fourth quarter and do something for them? Second challenge. 
Will you look for an opportunity to not utilize your Christian liberty to make another church member more comfortable in the spirit of Romans 14:13, which states, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Third challenge. Will you seek out a brother to bear a burden with them and there fulfill the law of Christ like Galatians 6.2 says? Fourth challenge. Will you seek out a less comely member and bestow upon them more abundant honor like 1 Corinthians 12.23 states? And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Fifth and final. Will you bestow some of your earthly goods upon a brother in need, thereby showing the love of God, as is stated in 1 John 3, verse 17, which reads, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Do you want to show the love of God's in you? Take something you have and give it to somebody who needs it. Brethren, let it be said, Behold, how good and how pleasant is the unity of the brethren from the church of Greenville for the glory of the Lord. Amen.